Check Podcasts. I want to welcome you all today to House Guests. This is the show podcast where I invite my friends on that I think are really interesting, have lots to say about house and home and decorating, and that I want to share with you. I have a great guest on today, Nick from Wise Victoria Mortgage. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for having me, Amy. That's quite the introduction. I'll do everything I can to live up to it, and uh, hopefully we can have some fun. I don't think you'll have too much of a challenge. (laughs) So for the viewers and listeners out there, because we air on television and are a podcast, tell everybody who you are as a person first before professionally. (laughs) Well, as as a person before professional, and I don't know if we'll ever actually call me professional, but um, personally, I'm a Victoria born and raised, grew up in Oak Bay, Mm -hmm. and uh, after traveling around for a little bit. I found my way back. That's where I live now with my, uh, my wife and three kids. And the, they are now uh, working their way through the school system with the oldest one starting university this coming September. So, But I mean, that personal side must really lend itself to your professional side as well, because you know, Victoria, inside and out, you know, the different communities, you know, your community, your children, your wife, you're all in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that being a local small business, our ties to the community and the relationships that we have with you know, the individual community members and the other small businesses is, is fantastic. And it's what makes living and working in Victoria so wonderful. You end up, can't talk to anyone for more than two or three minutes without finding five different ways that you're connected that you never would have thought about. It's true. And it's, uh, funny. it's wonderful. It's funny that you mentioned that because I am not originally from Victoria. I mean, I grew up on Vancouver Island, but I think that as I meet people, it's very rare that you meet people that were born here, yet everybody wants to come and live in Victoria. Well, why wouldn't yeah. you, first of all? Well, it, it, exactly. And we've managed to uh, get a bit of a reputation for having the best climate and one of the most lovely cities in the country to live in. And uh, I think quite deservedly so. So when you're at the very tip of a little island and yeah. uh, it's a scarce amount of property and uh, people want to come. So Which, real estate is always an active topic of conversation. It's true. And it really lends itself to some challenges then because of that. It's because everybody wants to be here and it's so desirable that it's pretty costly. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the Canadian landscape, uh, we're definitely one of the most expensive cities. And uh, for our size, we are absolutely the most expensive city across the country, uh, on par almost with Vancouver and Toronto, which are multiples uh, larger than us. And absolutely. Uh, that poses challenges for people at every aspect of the kind of housing cycle, whether they're trying to buy in or refinance or anything like that. It's a, it's a real challenge for people. And It's confusing as well. I love your expertise because you come at it from the mortgage standpoint and the realtor standpoint. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Going back in time, I, uh, in university, studied mathematics, enjoyed financial mathematics, and it became a natural transition for me kind of relatively shortly out of university to to start working in the family mortgage business with my mother, Valerie, who is well-known across the city. She's been doing it since the early 1970s and uh, has a 
long-standing relationships. And so joined the family business in 2004. And after about seven or eight years, I had so many people ask me, Nick, you know everything there is about this city. You know so much about construction. You understand my needs. Can you help me find a house? And after being sick of saying no to that question endlessly, right. I decided, you know what? Why not? And so I've been uh, working as a real estate agent as well since I believe 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been a fantastic ride. And so, you know, that's almost 10 years with both under your belt. It's changed considerably in that time. How have you seen that happen? Well, the first thing that I think most people are going to think about is, is the price escalations that Victoria has seen over the last 10 years are very dramatic. Mm -hmm. It's always been an expensive city to live in. Yes. Uh, on a personal side, my parents bought their first house in 10 Mile Point in the early 1970s and had to take a cash advance from their credit card for part of the down payment. And that was 40 plus years ago. Wow. So it's, it's always been expensive. Um, I feel that it's more challenging now than it really it's ever been right. in terms of both prices increasing. Recently, we've gone through a period of huge inventory restrictions during mm -hmm. the pandemic. And then now we're seeing rapidly changing interest rate environments coupled with over the past several years, lots of regulatory changes in the mortgage qualification process, which just make it more challenging for people to obtain financing to, to buy a home. Well, and especially for first-time homebuyers or people that are trying to work their way into this market, I feel like it just keeps getting harder and harder for them. What do you do? Because a lot of people don't have family support or things that they can kind of fall back on or co-signers or that sort of thing. Where would you even start them? I wish I had a magic bullet solution for that. Mm -hmm. I see so many young, hardworking couples, often with professional jobs yeah. that to get into the market, to get into a property, especially people with a young family where they need two or three bedrooms, you're, you're needing to accumulate a huge amount of capital just to qualify with the minimum down payment to get into a home. And so what um, does that sort of mean? Uh, like what kind of capital and down payment and such would well, you even need to get into the Victoria market? Well, the average price of a home here is just over a million dollars. Right. And for any property over a million dollars by federal regulation, you must have at least 20% saved up for a down payment. So $200,000, exactly, $200,000 as a starting point, that's before you consider our provincial land transfer tax, that's before you consider uh, legal fees or mm -hmm. any of the improvements that you might need to make because a million dollars doesn't really get you too much home compared to most other cities across the country. That's very true. And then you, and, you have to be able to qualify still beyond just having money sitting around too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You need uh, very, very high incomes to support a mortgage in that kind of a range. Broad strokes, whatever your pre-tax personal income is, you can qualify for roughly four to five times that amount in terms of a mortgage. So right. if you're looking to buy a million dollar house and you've managed to scrimp and save your $200,000 to get that $800,000 mortgage, you still need $200,000 a year in income. And it's just a very small slice of the population that can really Absolutely. do that. And especially if you're a single income or self-employed, those things certainly change the climate as well. Well, absolutely. For, for young single people, it's unless they are exceptionally high income earners or have incredible family support, it's very, very challenging. And mm -hmm. I, I never cease to be amazed by the you know, ingenuity and the ability to save that some people demonstrate in being right. able to get into the housing market. But I, 
I don't have an answer. I wish, I wish that I did. Start. I think that I, I could be a very successful politician if I were to know how to solve the housing crisis. But yes. sadly, I do not. It's a very complex issue with a myriad of moving pieces, and it's just expensive. There's a lot of pressure put on people to purchase homes and to get into that industry. In other parts of the world, renting is the way to go. Why do you think it's so, there's so much pressure and so important here in North America? I think part of it is historical. Um, as North, North America, pardon me, is a relatively newly developed part of the world um, and it's physically quite large, there was just the opportunity to purchase for most people right. up until relatively recent generations. Um, as densification has taken place and urbanification, so you can still find an affordable home if you would like to live in northern Saskatchewan. True, um, yeah. But it's as society has, I don't know if evolved is the right word, as society has developed, yeah. um, we found a lot of people really migrating towards the cities. We have less farmers that are necessary to produce food for people to live and more people working on computers and sitting in offices. So I don't have the answer. <laughs> I, I wish that I did. Nick, that's why that you're here today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-oh, the, the bar has been set very high. Thank yeah. you. I wish I knew that in advance. Um, so people are working hard. Um, I think that we are going to see the concept of renting becoming more of an, an intended life choice mm -hmm. across society as the years progress. I think that certainly in many parts of the world, that's just the normal. It is, yeah. And one thing a lot of people don't think about is unless you're a cash buyer, you're either renting a home to live in or you're renting money to be able to buy. A home. Absolutely, yeah. And one of the things that we've seen recently, especially in the last two or three months, if every time you open the business section of any newspaper or even now the front page of any newspaper, the t main topic financially is inflation. Absolutely. And the doom we're seeing, gloom. We're seeing that unle unprecedented or not recently precedented levels of inflation across North America and around the world. And as inflation increases, so too do mortgage rates. Right. So what would have been available last year in the sort of sub 2% range, which was historically low, you're now looking into the mid 5% range, which is a doubling at least, if not almost a tripling in the cost of renting that money to buy a home. And so, when you're talking about a million dollars, that's that's a substantial amount of money. Yeah, absolutely. On a on a million dollar mortgage, for example, a three percent rise in interest rates over the mortgage term of five years is hundred and fifty thousand dollars after tax. These are huge <laughs> sums of money. Yeah. yeah. Huge sums of money. We've seen the interest rates rise a large amount in a very small amount of time. Mm -hmm. It'll be very interesting to see how the real estate market reflects that as people's mortgages come up for renewal, right. um, as people perhaps elect to, to wait and defer purchasing for a time being. Yes. Every day more information is coming forth and uh, every day I try to figure out what the world is going to and, do. I mean, that must be one of the first questions that people are asking when they come to you, is now the right time? What do I do? I'm hearing all this, this noise that I'm not supposed to be buying right now or that sort of thing. What's your answer for that? 
Well, what I typically say, uh, I usually lead with the fact that my crystal ball is at the shop and (laughs) anyone who's looking to me for kind of a definitive answer as to what's going to happen in the future, I can't help them. If anyone suggests if they can. That's life. Absolutely. So what I really try to coach people on is that it's the right time to buy when you can afford it, you can Mm -hmm. qualify for the mortgage, and most importantly, you can see yourself and your family being happy in that home for a long period of time. Yes. None of us can control the market of any sort, uh, whether it be the stock market, real estate market, interest rates. Um, So if it makes sense for you, if you would be happy there, then purchase it with that expectation. And I think, too, because people maybe aren't able to purchase the homes that they have set in their minds and that they're in love with or are wanting right now, a lot of people are doing um, like they're renovating once they get the house that they can afford. How do you tie that into mortgages and such? Well, there are a couple of important things to consider when you're looking at purchasing a house with the expectation of renovating it. Uh, Most lenders are pretty good with what's called a purchase plus improvements mortgage. And with that kind of a program, you can provide quotes to the lender in advance for work that you want to get done. And typically up to around $40,000 can be financed along with the purchase when you're going through the process. Mm -hmm. And it's not quite so easy as here's $40,000, go fix your house. Right. But they want the work to get done before they'll release the money. The lawyer is involved in controlling that. So that's one thing people often will do. You kind of have to be able to fund it up front. Yeah, or have a contractor who understands that your financing is coming after the work is completed. Right. And uh, typically also the lenders want things to be done pretty quickly. Right. 90 to 120 days from when you take ownership, not to have this money and this sort of unfinished renovation project lingering on for too long. Which let me tell you is there's nothing wrong with that. It's nice to just get it over with and not have it be like a three-year process. Absolutely. And I think for anyone who's tried to hire a contractor recently and just with the demands that we are seeing on their time Mm -hmm. and their expertise throughout the housing market, that's a challenge to get the right person at the right time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People are booking out until next summer, like a year out from now. Oh, 100%. And so I think being planning and being organized and anticipating, you know, what types of things could not happen as you might have originally hoped is really key. And just helping consumers really understand all of the steps in the process and potential pitfalls and things to watch out for as they go along so that they feel empowered and knowledgeable and not surprised as they venture from, you know, the rental market into the home ownership market. It's yeah. really key. It's a lot of people's dream, my own, to build your own house. That has a lot of challenges in it in itself, the financial side and even just finding property now in Victoria to try and build. Yeah, well, one thing that I observe with that is that as the city has developed, and this isn't really a surprise when you think about it, the easiest and best lots to build on were built on first. Right. So as time passes, developers are looking at more challenging sites to work with. If you drive out through the Western communities, you'll see hillsides being you know, logged and blasted to create building lots. It's not quite the same as building on nice flat farmland in Fairfield a hundred years ago. Right. It's more challenging to find those easy spots. And a lot of the time what we're seeing is homes that were built a hundred years ago, maybe they haven't been maintained particularly well, or maybe just the value of the land has increased so much, or they're in such a desirable location, but a lot of the older homes are coming down to make room for new homes. Right. And 
you know, that's a, it's a double-edged sword. You have to be mindful of the environmental impact of demolishing an older home. Yes. Um, also you're changing the fabric of neighborhoods by going from little cottages to 3,500 square foot new houses, but new homes are built with higher degrees of energy efficiency. Often they provide accommodation for more people than the houses that they're replacing. Yes. So I don't know, it's a delicate social issue. Um, and I know that a lot of neighborhoods are up in arms as they watch one more old timer get torn down, yep. but, uh, it's hard to get in the way of someone in their dream if they've got the money to make it happen. It's true. And I mean, from a design standpoint, the luxury of being able to produce your own layout, your own plans that really, you know, gear to your lifestyle and your family's needs and such, it's just something that would be so amazing to start from scratch. <laughs> Well, absolutely. And I think particularly for someone such as yourself in the design industry, absolutely. That's hugely appealing. It's really interesting to me how much um, families and society's expectations of what a house is have right. changed over the years. Mm -hmm. You talk to people who grew up in the 1940s and 50s and they had seven kids in a three-bedroom house. And now it's like, well, no, I need each kid to have their own room with their own ensuite. Absolutely. And, and high, high-end finishes and everything that right. goes along with that. That's right. You know, for, for to imagine seven children sharing one bathroom now is almost preposterous, but it's, uh, so that was the way that most of our, uh, you know, parents and grandparents were raised. So that's true. And just the expectation to keep renovating every few years because you don't like your finishes anymore, or they're out of date, or they haven't stood up because a lot of things just aren't the quality that they used to be either. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite things uh, when I'm working as a real estate agent is walking into a home that's an absolute time capsule from the yeah. day that it was built, often down to the furniture. And I can I can envision these people having gone to, you know, Woodward's in 1962 and purchased a new living room set and never changing it for 60 years. It's absolutely amazing. And the thing is, people spent a lot of money on their furniture back then. I've had clients who, you know, spent thousands of dollars on a dining suite and their kids don't want it. Nobody wants it. They can't sell it. They can't sell it at the auction and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just super dated looking. Well, exactly. I think people's tastes uh, evolve quickly. And I think that there's an immediate gratification expectation that society has developed now. Yes. And uh, it's, it's just, it's just interesting to see the changes. Certainly there's nothing wrong with grandma's old oak table, but. No, uh, and I mean, and everything comes around, right? Exactly. If you can be patient and foresee the trends before they come, well, that's what they have to talk to someone like you. That's true. Yes. Well, and lots of times when we have a client that's selling things either because they're downsizing or moving that, like if they have teak furniture or anything mid-century modern, primo, people will buy that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the uh, 1912 antique, you know, Fort Street antique road has changed and everyone looks for that 1960s stuff now. And it moves in cycles. So question for you, um, with the way the market is in Victoria right now, everything's fast turnover, it's uh, bidding wars. I mean, it's cooling down a bit for sure, but I think it's still a reality that there's a lot of unconditional offers and all that sort of thing. How can people have all of their ducks in a row moving into that scenario? So I think any person who works in the real estate industry would be more than happy to tell you that they absolutely loathe the uh, unconditional offers and the frantic pace of the market over the last year or two. Yeah. Uh, it's even worse for consumers. Um, but the best thing that you can do when you're going down that path is to have a really trusted advisor in the real estate side, as well as on the mortgage side, 
And if you're forced to make an unconditional offer, make sure that all of your documentation has been reviewed up front. You've got yourself your pre-approval, that your income has been looked at, that your credit has been looked at. Far too often we have people uh, you know, giving us a call where they find themselves in a binding contract and they assumed that it would be easy to get a mortgage because the last time they did it was. Right. The, the federal government keeps changing the rules and moving the goalposts in an effort to well, decrease the amount of borrowing that Canadians are doing and making yeah. it more difficult for the same income to get a mortgage. So start early. Uh, if you can at all avoid it, please do. If you have to go down that road, understand that there's risk associated with that and have someone really guiding the ship who's been through it before and knows what they're doing. Does it make sense to contact someone like yourself to sort of help guide you towards that process? Like the earlier, the better kind of thing, or is it they should sort of know what they want by the time they call you? No, it's uh, the earlier on in the process of starting to think about purchasing a home that you reach out to somebody like me, the better. Um, oftentimes there are little things like a blip on someone's credit. That was a mistake. You can fix that if you have time, it's hard to fix that at the last minute. Right. We had a situation very recently where someone had another gentleman with a very similar name in a different province running up lots of bad debts and the the credit bureau had it moved best up and they were reporting all of these bad debts and write-offs to our client's credit report. It had nothing to do with him. It was just a straight mistake. But it's but just another get, step in having to get your financing. Well, trying to get, you know, TELUS or FIDO to admit that they've made a mistake and undo oh. the written off credit or sorry, cell phone expense that they've reported to a collection agency. It can, it can be done, but mm-hmm. time, is, time is an asset. That's so true. And just lots of little things that you can do to prepare yourself and ensure that when the time comes and you do find that perfect home, that you have done everything that you can to position yourself so that you can actually make your dream come true and not be derailed at the last minute by some small paperwork obstacle that could have been avoided with a little bit more planning. Well, Nick, if people would like you to help make their dreams come true, where can they find you? So the uh, way to find me is by my website, www.wisevictoria.com. Uh, you can call us at the office, 250-388-9473. And my personal cell phone, 250-744-9473. Love to talk to people, love to get them engaged in the process, help them understand their options, what's going on out there, and basically make their uh, dreams turn into something real. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Nick. Thanks so much, Amy. It's been a pleasure. Have a great afternoon. You too.